Well, once again, welcome to Harvest Bible Church. We're really glad that you're here and uh, so thankful, you know, for God's amazing grace on our lives. And so, you know, we just thank God for His, His mercy, His grace, what He's doing, what He has done, what He will yet do. Amen. Aren't you glad God's not through with you? Amen. Well, if you're not glad about that, we're glad about that. <laughs> Amen. I'm so glad. You know, I'm, I'm glad God's not through with me. I'm, not, I'm glad that he's still changing me into his image and into his likeness. Amen. Aren't you glad we're following that? You know, there's none of us made perfect yet, but we're working toward it. Hallelujah. Amen. We really are. We're honoring God. We're thanking God for his mercy and his grace that does great things. Well, welcome to Harvest Bible Church. Hey, if you're here for the very first time, well, welcome. We're so glad you came. So glad you're here. And uh, we have a connect card right there in the seat pocket in front of us, or in front of you. If you could just check, you know, fill it out there. Let us know how you heard about us. More than likely, you were invited by a friend. That's still, you know, that's still the number one way that a lot of folks still come. Now, a lot of folks watch us online sneakily, and they watch things, but then they check us all out ahead of time. But usually, when they come, it's because somebody invited them. They really wanted them, their lives to be changed. Amen. So thank you for that. Thank you for believing in the things of God. But if you are here for the first time, fill out that card, drop it in there. Let us know how you heard about us uh, so that we can get connected with you and get you connected with the family of God. Because you're sitting with a bunch of great folks. These folks are great. I can tell you, you know, they're great folks. They are. They really are. And uh, or at least they've got me, you know, snowed or whatever. But I think they're great. Okay. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So just fill that out. Drop it into the offering bucket as it goes by. Well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and offerings this morning. Amen. So if you need an envelope, go ahead and take those out of the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you're all set up on, online or set up as our text giving and all that, you can, can give. All of you watching, you know how to give. You know how to do things. So hallelujah. You can do that. It'll be a blessing. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We are continuing to believe God. You know, there's things that we're going to do. We are going to definitely, we're building a, uh, you know, a facility down here. I keep calling it the gymnasium, but it's actually going to act as a temporary uh, uh, annex, but it's going to also be a temporary sanctuary for us and all kinds of wonderful things. It's also going to be a place where we can uh, fellowship and enjoy uh, and have a great time. And then also we are going to be fixing our sign out here. Glory to God. We're believing God for that. That's going to take place. And we are going to get a new roof. More than likely not this year, but we're going to get it next year when we get everything together. But uh, that's okay. But we are going to do for that, and we are going to pay for all of those things. Amen. And we're going to make sure it's completed, and we're going to let God be God. I mean, I'm believing. I'm believing, you know, that God's hand is going to it just taking place and we'll be able to pay cash for all of those things that I just mentioned to you. Plus, I'm believing that we're going to pay off our debt. I mean, I just keep exercising my faith. I am believing for that. I'm believing. That means I'm believing you're going to get blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's going to do that. Hallelujah. He's going to cause increase to come into your lives. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's pray over this offering right now. Father, we just thank you and praise you. We bring our tithes, we bring our offerings, and we worship you with our giving. Lord, you're such a great God. You are such a wonderful, loving, loving, loving Father. So Lord, thank you as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Father, I just thank you. You're the one that's made a way for us to do the things you've called us to do. 
And so, Lord, right now, we just rejoice in you that you will continue to meet and supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I love you and love you, Father. And I thank you for it now. And I thank you for meeting and supplying every need that's here and doing it exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could even ask or think according to the power that works within us. And Lord, we thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. And there's the announcements. (laughs) Good morning. Lots of exciting things. I do have a couple announcements. Ladies, our 55-plus Apple Hill outing will be this Tuesday. Yes, and you will meet here. If you have any questions or need the details, you can see Miss Cecilia right outside in the lobby. There's Miss Cecilia if you want to raise your hand. If you have any questions or would like to join in, you can see her out in the lobby. She'll give you all the information. If you know, this is the perfect time for Apple Hill. Lots of just... You can't get more fall than Apple Hill. (laughs) Also, men, you have a men's breakfast this Saturday. That is at 8 a.m. Lots of food. Still trying to get you to go do a craft, but I'm working on it. Don't worry, it's coming. (laughs) I'm working on Pastor Mark. (laughs) But guys, great food, great fellowship this Saturday. And just a reminder, if you go on the Church Center app, you can get all the info on the digital bulletin. If you open up our church page right at the bottom, you click on it, and you can see all the upcoming events. So it's always nice to go to that and know all the dates beforehand. (laughs) Well, that's it for announcements. I wish everyone an amazing Sunday. And junior high and high school, you are dismissed. Amen. Thanks, Leticia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We had to switch junior and high school to the 10.30 time because you guys wouldn't bring them at 9. So, and I wanted them to get this. They're the, they're the number one reason that we started the whole school of Bible. You adults just got the bonus. And, uh, and the kids, really, it was for both them and the kids. And, uh, but they don't like waking up too early. I understand. I had teenagers. They fought all the time. You know, but, so I understand why. It's easier to get them up a little later. But uh, praise the Lord for that. Amen. Hallelujah. No, I'm really happy about that. Get them, get them, we really want to touch their lives. We want to get them to be able to, uh, to stand their ground. Amen? Yeah. I mean, how many of you know that we have to know the truth so we'll be able to walk in freedom? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We definitely do. We have to, and we have, to, we have to get our kids so they know the truth. They know that what they believe in and what you believe in is right. right. Now, they got to get it for themselves, but you got to know it so well that they want what you have. Amen. And, uh, you know, and, and they're able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. Because there's so many lies that are going forth, so many things that are being said, and, uh, and they want us all to conform. But thank God, God told us not to conform to this world, but to be transformed. Amen. We got to be transformed. That means we got to know the truth. We got to speak the truth because it's only the truth that stands. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, John chapter 15, and I'm just going to share something uniquely this morning. You know, I've just been praying. You guys are getting, like, information overload in School of the Bible, okay? You're just, you're coming in here, and you're getting all this information, trying to process, and a lot of different things that are going on. And uh, so I always ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what is it that we need for this day, for this hour? What do we need to walk into? What does the congregation of Harvest Bible Church need? You know, to understand the, sci- the, you know, the times we live in, but also, what is the Holy Spirit wanting to help us with? 
And uh, my, my message this morning is really unique uh, only because it's going to talk about um, the importance of, of being a friend and the importance of having a good friend and the understanding of friends versus acquaintances, partners, uh, and uh, those that seem to be friends who are not. And uh, I don't know if you under, understand some things, but what has transpired in the last, you know, since, since 2020 and all, all of the stuff that's gone on, you know, there's been a lot of things that can, could have severed a lot of different friends. And uh, uh, there are a lot of things that have happened that have even divided the body of Christ. There's, uh, you know, there's been so many things that uh, people were connected with just because they were, okay, I'll do this, but because of stances that were made. And lines that were drawn, you know, there have been a lot of things that have been severed. And many times we think, well, is, is, is that, that's terrible. But on the other hand, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes uh, being away from some folks is a good thing. <laughs> Let me just share with you. Most of the time... Almost all, most of the people in your life are not your destination. They're just a part of your journey. Okay? You have to understand that uh, you're on a journey, I'm on a journey. We're in a journey together, and we're all going into head to, to be with our Lord. We're all doing some things, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a value in, you know, letting God you know, uh, be who he wants to be. There's a value in being who you need to be. And you need to understand how to, to be that person. And also you need to understand about the people that are in your lives and uh, understanding what a true friend really is. Here in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 16, he said, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And aren't you glad that Jesus chose you? I mean, if you're born again, the Bible says you didn't get to God. The Holy Spirit had to draw you. He had to get you. May, some of you may have taken a long time. Uh, you, know, you went through a lot of bumpy roads, but thank God you finally surrendered your will to his will. But you realize God chose you. God wanted you. He didn't have to take you. You didn't just find out about him saying, sneaking in the back door. You know, God didn't have to. He wanted you. Amen? You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. Isn't that amazing? I know he's talking to the disciples here. But do you know that every one of you are called of God to a place? You're called of God to a place in him. You're called of God to a place in the body of Christ. And you need to know. And when you find that place, it changes your life. So God's ordained you. He's planted you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. Aren't you glad you're supposed to have some knowledge or some existence or some uh, uh, reality in your life or so that there's fruit there that people can come and pick in your life. Amen? And that your fruit should remain. Glory to God. And that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name that he may give it you. Amen? Now back up to the 15th verse. He talked to them. He told them. But look what he says in the 15th verse. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what the Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Everybody say, All things. 
All things he made known unto the disciples and the disciples made known unto us. Hallelujah. He said, I no longer call you a servant. I haven't called you a servant. I've called you my friend. Isn't it amazing? You know, Enoch walked with God and in the Bible says he was not. He was, God just took him with him and said, now nah, you're just closer to heaven than you are. Don't just come on up with me. Noah walked with God, the Bible says, and that God gave him a secret. Told him what he was going to do. Told him how to, Noah was, no, you realize Noah was the only one righteous man in the whole earth. Nobody else. And thank God that his kids listened to him and got in the boat. Hallelujah. Eight of them. You know, we see that and we see things, you know, but Abraham walked with God and God called him his friend. He said, I got to know before I do something, I got to make sure I, I, I can't, if I do this without telling my friend, I got to tell my friend. How many of you know that Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest prophet, greater than Moses, greater than Elijah, greater than Elisha, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Elisha, all of those. And then he said this about you, that the least in the kingdom of God are greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because God placed his spirit in you. And if God said, I can't do this without telling my friend, guess what? God's not going to do something without telling you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. <laughs> I, you know, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing how many people don't know how to be a friend. And God said, you're my friend. And we don't know how to, how to, how to get with God. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Father. And understanding how, to, but God said, I, I want to have fellowship with you. I, I want to talk to you. I, I want to show you things. Because not only do I want to be all these other things, but I want to be your friend. Amen. Amen. You know, you know God, God told us some things here. And if he, uh, you know, a true friend is one that stays with you no matter what. Amen. Amen. And they want to help you to follow God's will more than anything else. Not follow your will, but to follow God's will. Amen. That's, that's, God, that's God's heart. Hallelujah. But not only that, but a true friend is also one who will try to prevent you from taking self-destructive avenues or compromising positions at difficult times in your lives. A true friend will tell you the truth. The Bible says, in, you know, in Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Oh, that's no fun. I mean, what do you, why, why do you want to do that? I mean, golly, you know, and uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, we see that. But the Bible also says that a friend will be loyal. He'll always be there in a time of need to help. And he'll always tell you the truth. Yes. Amen. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, what the, the King James Version says. But when you understand what it, what it means is that friends tell you the truth. They try to keep you from going off in some things. Amen? I love this verse. This verse is in Psalms 141, verse 5. And this is out of the New Living Translation. I love it. It says, let the godly strike me, and it will be kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing. I know this is going to go over great. I love this. Let the godly strike me. It'll be such kindness. If they correct me, it's so soothing. And it's soothing medicine is what it says. And then it goes on to say this. Don't let me refuse it. Do you know that you got to be correctable and you got to be able to let somebody tell you the truth? Hallelujah. You know, even when you don't want to hear it, 
Have you ever had somebody do that to you? Tell you something when you really don't want to hear what they have to say. And you know they're right, but you don't want to hear it. Amen. You know, I thank God for that times in my life when people actually spoke the truth. They jeopardized the friendship that we had because they were more concerned about my destiny at that time and where I was headed because I was going to do something very destructive. It was going to be self-destructive avenue and it was going to be a compromising position because of difficult times. You know, and that's when we need somebody who's just going to be there to sit down, maybe just cry with it, but also is going to tell us the truth in the midst of chaos. Amen? Let me give you a really good example of that. And it's, it's one of the story I read, and it just blessed me so much. And it's about George Mueller. And you guys know I love George. I read all of his. I, loved, I just love what he did, how he believed God. And for those who don't know who George Mueller is, he started a whole bunch of orphanages in England at the turn of the century without any support, without anything. And he just believed God. He just got down on his knees, and he prayed, believed God, and he bought houses. and he did. So how did he do that? He just believed God. You know, for every, everything. He had no, no churches supporting, nobody supporting, and God did it. You know, and he brought in, you know, he only believed God for $7 million at that time. In 1900, you're going to realize that would probably be $700 million today. And anyways, but one of his dear friends was a guy named Hudson Taylor who started the, the China Inland Mission, but most people don't know, how, don't know how that started, you know, because Hudson Taylor went over, and he went over there, um, you know, with the Chinese evangelists, evangelization society went over there as a missionary endeavoring to do things but while he was there this is what happened Hudson Taylor was robbed of his clothing and equipment his supplies had burned in a tragic fire he was destitute with no promise of any further support and he was a physical and emotional wreck spiraling into depression he received a letter from George Mueller who encouraged him to live by faith isn't that a wonderful time? Just doesn't you mean? Just want to reach out and go, you faith bully! I want to smack you. Wait, he gets send me a letter. How dare you? If you were here right now, I just just punch you right in the mouth. But he says, you need to just live by faith. Isn't it fun to live by faith? You lost everything. Everything's gone. You don't have nothing. Hallelujah. He says, you need to live by faith. And here's the next phrase. And you need to continue to fight. But not only did Mueller cheer Taylor with words. But he also personally sent him $10,000 annually toward his support. So in June, he resigned from the Chinese Evangelization Society at the age of 25, and he formed the China Inland Mission to continue the missionary work in China. China Inland Mission established 20 other mission, statements, mission stations, brought in 968 missionaries into China, hallelujah, you know, and trained some 700 Chinese workers and raised $4 million by faith and developed a witnessing Chinese church of 125,000 by the time Taylor left the mission field. You know, we all get into, into situations in our lives we can get discouraging, we can get depressed, we can get frustrated. But you know, that's when usually we need to rise up and be friends. Here's the thing about it is many times we see somebody down and out and everything else, and instead of going and encouraging and strengthening and, and helping them, you know, we want to say, you know, hey, look at that. But we've got to be the body of Christ. And I believe in these times that we live in right now that we're going to have to be friends. Now, y'all get nervous because you, you don't want to be Mueller. You want to be Hudson Taylor and get the money. <sighs> but do you want to lose everything and have everything burned and be depressed and be ready to just spiral? And you might even be that way right now. But guess what? God's not through with you. God's not through with you.
God's not through with you. You know, I read something to you guys one time about George, or not George, but John Wesley. Remember John Wesley got kicked out. He went back, he found it, and he got kicked out of his denomination, got kicked out of his church, stood up on his father's gravestone and thing, and kept preaching. They kicked him out. One day, he said, I preached this, I was ran out of town. Or, or I preached this, I got kicked out of the church. I went to the street corner, got preached, got ran off the street. I went to the edge of town and started preaching, and they ran me out of town. And he did that through through a week. Then he says, on Saturday, I went out into the middle of a field and began to preach, and 10,000 people showed up. And got saved. It was rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. And then he did it. But see, what people don't know that when John Wesley got thrown out and he couldn't do anything and he was desperate, there was a guy named George Whitfield who was the American preacher that was preaching over here that came over from England, but he was preaching over here. And he went and got John Wesley said, you come with me and let's start preaching. And yes, you just come with me and hang out and we're going to preach. We're going to restore. You're going to get this. And then John Wesley went on to establish, you know, he started the whole Methodist church. And no matter how crazy they are now, they used to be good. And, uh, you know, so there, there are things that happen. I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. There are good ones in that society too, okay? I'm not pushing against it because I know some on-fire Methodist churches that are just put us to shame. They're excited about the things of God, okay? So, but what I'm saying to this is that, why is that so important? Because we see this is that each and every one needed someone. And you can't do that. Each and every one of us needs someone. You know, and you know what? Each and every one needs you. There's somebody that needs you, even if you know, you're not being friendly. The Bible says if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. Hey, amen? Hallelujah. Now, now look at, now, now I'm doing this a little different. Go back up to verse 14. We're reading this backwards so you can get it, okay? Everybody gets all excited. God chose me. God chose me. This is so exciting. I can ask what I want. God's going to do it. Yay! God said, okay, yeah, now, but you're my friend. Look at verse 14. You are my friends. Man, isn't that exciting? Don't you know? We don't understand that, but man, the disciples are like, wow, this is something very serious. Then he says, if, you're my friends, if, you're my friends, if. You do whatsoever I command you. Here's the thing about it is, you, <laughs> your number one primary concern should not be, you know, you know, what's going on over here, over there. Your number one concern should be, how well am I serving the master who's called me? And how well am I serving where he's placed me? And how well am I doing what he's called me to do? Amen. You know, and uh, I, I remember, you know, uh, <laughs> some things, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I was doing so much and doing all this. I said, God, nobody's helping. Nobody's doing things. What's going on? And it wasn't until I was, we were, I was in the back with a guy and we had, we were reupholstering chairs. We redid 1,500 theater seats, okay? And uh, we did the backs and we were redoing things. And so it was just a lot of tedious, tedious works because not only were the backs made out of wood that we had to strip down, stain, and, and make really beautiful, but they had an insert that went up inside of that we had to reupholster. And then they had seats on it that had to be done and redo this. I mean, we had to build them from the ground up. And uh, so we were doing all this stuff. And, and, and I was with a guy and he had a stapler and he just threw the stapler down. And he, he got mad at God. He said, you'd think God would do something because I'm doing this. I said, well, 
you know, and when he did that, the Lord just said that, he said, you know, it's not what you do for God that's going to count in the end. And that's what I shared with him. I said, you know, if you're doing this, to, if you're trying to do this to earn brownie points, you're in trouble. There is no brownie points in the things of God, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Because he was really, he was doing something because he really, he had pain in his body. And I thank God for God's mercy. I got to pray for him and he got healed. But, uh, but he, I, had to get him, I had to get him out of pride and out of, get him, out of being mad at God first. You know. See, it's because it's not what you, we do for God that'll count in the end. Listen to this phrase. I want you to say, this is what the Lord said way back then. He said, but it's what you let God do through you and in you. And I said, it's not what you're doing. Yes, you're going to do things because you want to do things. You want to serve. You wanna... But listen, if you let God, be like, what is God doing in you? And what is he doing through you for his glory? You've got to grab a hold of some things here. Because we can get, listen, all of us in this room are overloaded. <laughs> we are overloaded. We are overburdened. We are overbusy. Everybody take a deep breath. Just, ah, it's okay. I'm going to have to stop in 10 minutes because you can only handle about 20 minutes of this. You know, God downloaded this, this, this yes, last night and this morning, and he said, you could, I mean, you can ask my wife. I, I was, uh, I said, all right, Lord. I had to repent. And uh, I repented. And then I said, God, I need you. This is not about this or this. I need you. I need what you desire. Aren't you glad God knows who you are and knows uh, what you need? And aren't you glad that God's not a taskmaster? Yes. That he's not driving you, that he's not beating He's not telling you you got to make bricks without straw. He's not telling you you got to do the impossible. You're not called to do the impossible. He's called to do the impossible through you and in you. Hallelujah. You're called to believe and to receive and to act with God. See, it's not about what I can do for him. It's what can I let God do through me and let God do in me. Because when God lives big in me, it changes everything. Aren't you know that God said he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. But did you notice he said it's according to the power that works in you. It's the power. How much, how, you, how big are you letting God live on the inside of you? How big is God inside there? How wonderful is it? People say, well, how do I let God live big? By you acknowledging all that he is in you. That who you are, that you can do all things through Christ. That you are and do have the nature of God on the inside of you that greater is he that is in you than he that's not that God did love you that God did make you that God has a design that you are doing what and you're allowing him to live big in you but not only that he wants to do things through you you can't just like I love that I like that little song that he just that's what says okay so don't be shy now don't let your mind get shy now Listen, you walk through those doors. They think you're one of us now. You might as well act like it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Now, now you're here. Go over to Philemon. Go over to Philemon. No, not Philemon. Go to Philippines. Philippians. Philippians. Not the Philippines. Not Philemon. <laughs> Philippians chapter one. Glory be to Jesus. 
<laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. Verse 6 says this in the King James, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living. It says, but being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's working in you. He who has begun it, he has begun, but he's not finished. As long as you're on the earth, he's not finished. I don't care how old you are, he's not finished. Aren't you glad God's not finished? I'm not done yet. Don't look at the finished product because it ain't finished yet. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's what it says in the New Living Translation. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he's not going to finish it till he draws you and brings you home. Amen. But how do we do that? How do we get God to live big in us? And how do we do to get, let God live big through us? Do you know how you do that? You fellowship with him. You hang around him. How many know that fellowship is the joy of a relationship? You can be related to whoever you want to. It doesn't mean you, enjoy the, 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 you don't enjoy that relationship because there's no fellowship in that. You've got to fellowship. You've got to understand. That, and that's where the joy is. See, fellowship is the joy of relationship. And where there is joy, there's strength. But where there is no joy, there is no strength. Amen? We've got to acknowledge him. We've got to take hold and, and grab what he wants to do. But here's the thing. If, if you don't understand this one thing, hit your neighbor and say, wake up. He's about to say something to you. Okay? Right here. All right? Because whether or not, whether or not you understand. Thank you for waking them up. He, that, they needed it. How did you? Anyways. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the truth because I'm talking about how you being an answer to somebody's prayer I'm going to get to the, the phrase I'm going to say here but you being an answer to somebody's prayer and then also somebody else being an answer to your prayer okay because believe it or not the biggest key in our lives is our relationships okay it's our relationship with God first that's what I say. You've got to fellowship with him. Get it. But it's also the relationship that God brings into our lives. It's what God... See, they make us and break, make us or break us. That's what relationships do. And so that's why God has put some of these people in your lives because you need some work on. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the Apostle Paul... And the people that he got in contact with and who helped him and who did and what their names mean, it's really cool what their names mean, you know. But the number one person, the number one person that God called to the, the Apostle Paul first when he was Saul, you know, I mean, he got turned into Paul, but all those things there is that uh, was Barnabas. And, you know, we know what Barnabas' names means. He's the son of encouragement. He's an encourager. And we also know that if Paul got tired of him encouraging him, and they, they, their whole ministry broke up <laughs> because of because Barnabas wanting to encourage somebody else called a young man named John Mark, Amen, who was Barnabas's nephew, and he wanted it, and Barnabas was that type of person he just wanted to include everybody, and Paul was the type of person he wanted to exclude everybody. <laughs> All right. I mean, you didn't cut the mustard. That was it. Get out of here. I mean, Paul, he, he chopped you off here, you know. And, uh, but yet, yet, God sent him people 
that he needed, but they also needed him. Amen. Amen. See, because you, you have to understand this, this book, and we're learning about the word. Amen? The word. It's so wonderful. But you can never have the word apart from the person. So you always have to have that relationship. You have to take hold. There's that relationship. You know, you guys learned about the character of God and, you, and learned about things. But, you know, we need to understand that God's desires, he wants to have fellowship with us. And, you know, the only thing that makes you dear to God is that you love him. Just like another song that they sang, so good. He said, all I have is a hallelujah. It's the only thing fit for a king. I don't have anything else. What can I bring? What can I bring to God? What can I bring to the king except for I love you? Hallelujah. See, the Bible says unless you become as a little child, you don't even get to enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that so vitally important? It's because when you get that heart and that attitude, because you know God called you a friend. He called you to be here and to get connected and to be this friend that sticks so close. He said he'd stick closer than a brother. He'd always be there. He's never going to leave. He's never going to forsake you. Amen? But you know what? God wants you to be his friend. Amen? So that he can talk to you and say, hey, I want you to go over here and touch this person's life. I want you to touch this person's life. I need you to go over there and touch, touch them. And you know why we don't do the things we're doing? Why is there so much wrong thoughts, wrong teaching, wrong, just, just wrong, wrong? <laughs> it's because we don't know God enough. You know, if things in the Word of God aren't working in our lives, it just simply means you don't know enough about that yet. You just don't know it. It's just not revelation. It just hasn't, hasn't been revealed to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because you trust God as much as you know him. You trust God as much as you fellowship with him. Now, isn't that a funny thing for Mueller to write a letter? He just finds out that Hudson Taylor's lost everything. He's not getting any more support. He's not doing anything. He's lost anything. And so, you know, George Miller says, okay, well, just, just get, get out of that other ministry. Don't, don't be connected. Just get out here and just go by faith. Let's just build your own. I know you're out in the middle of nowhere. I know you're in China. But God's called you. Let's walk by faith and let's fight. Isn't it exciting to walk by faith and trust God? Hallelujah. Trust God. See, because when you get fellowship with God, someone says, how do I know if my fellowship with God is working or if it's how to do it? How do I know if he's listening? Well, you check your, you check your gauges on your, on your, on your faith mobile, <laughs> which is you check your gauges, okay? See, you can't fellowship with God without getting full of joy and full of peace. So if you don't have full of joy and full of peace, you don't have full fellowship yet. If you're not full of joy and full of peace and full and overflowing, hallelujah, because the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, I think in verse 13, he says that in believing that we have joy and peace in believing. So if I'm believing and I'm having fellowship, my joy and my peace, those tanks are full. So you can always tell about Christians who have been fellowshipping with God. Because they have a great count. And here's the other thing about it is that you can't fellowship with God and not come out wanting to love people. You can never fellowship with God. So, man, I just was in the presence of God and he told me to tell you that you bunch of whitewashed tombs, you need to get yourself back. As you can tell, I grew up in church, man. I tell you, I've heard some, ah, man, I've heard some sermons just make the paint peel off the wall, man. It's tough. Get you so like you just this, I mean, you are. 
terrible person. <laughs> Preach hell hot. So, well, and sometimes, sometimes those sermons are pretty good. But uh, the thing about it is, is that here, God wants us to know how awesome he is. God is a God of judgment. God is a God of... He'll, but see, remember what I just said. Man, the righteous corrected me and it was soothing medicine. Yes. Amen? They re- reproved me. You know, it, isn't it amazing? You know? Well, well, hey, I'll tell you what. Go with me to... Um, oh, let's see. How about Colossians three sixteen? I think that's where I want to go. So... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, that's a good scripture, but that's not where I want to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Uh, amen and amen and amen and amen. How about Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Isn't it amazing that he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for number one doctrine. But look at the next two little wonderful words here. For reproof and correction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says instructions in righteousness, which is so cool. Four awesome things. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know, you know, when, when, when you understand, why do I share that with you? Because when you fellowship with God, the Bible says, whom God loves, he chastens, the King James says. But whom God loves, he corrects. And the wonderful thing about it is it's not hard. Now, it's hard in the sense of if you want to hang on to it. Now, you've heard me share this many, many. For those of you who've been here, those of you who haven't, you heard me say, I say, ooh, I like that. I like that. And God says, I don't like that. I say, ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> and I say, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like it. God says, oh, I love that. I say, ooh, I love that. <laughs> it's not hard. Says, yeah, but, but, you, but you really, I said, yeah, but God said he don't like that. So guess what? I don't like that. Because <laughs> I got to line my will up with his will. I mean, I got to line my will up with his will. See, we look at this thing and we, and, and we, and we go, okay, but I, you know, I want to do this, so how do I do this? Because people get involved in principles of things or they get into works of things instead of getting into the relationship of things. Remember what I said? And see, as a pastor, when you say something like that, oh, you're, nobody's going to even help you in church. It's like, listen, the key is not what we do for God it's what we allow God to do in us and through us. And if you let God do in you and through you, we won't have any problem with people doing things. Because the only way when God, because God wants to do through you, he wants, he wants to get things to you so he can get things through you. Amen. See, God doesn't want you just for you. He wants you to be a distribution center. He wants you to have holding tanks. He wants you to have warehouses. He wants you to have supplies. You know that each one of you, when you came here this morning, the Bible says you brought a supply. You brought a supply of the Spirit. Amen? That's what it talks about. We're supposed to bring a supply in each one of our supplies. Then when we begin to draw, we let God's supply, supernatural things begin to happen. Things change. It's just like, yes, yes, yes. We grab a hold of this and it just changes us. 
And so you want God to reprove you. I want God to change me. God, if I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing, or if I'm not, or if there's something I'm supposed to be doing, then let me do that. Lead me, guide me, direct me, show me. I desire that I want that. That's what I desire. You know, hallelujah. Go over to Philippians again, back to Philippians. I was going to go there, but the Holy Ghost just wanted to correct you, I guess. I don't know. He just wanted to just let you know that, listen, don't be afraid of what God is doing in your lives. Hallelujah. Let God love you. Hallelujah. Let him do great things. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, he said this, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the, the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Amen. He said, if by any means I might... Uh, you know, uh, attain or might attain unto the resurrection of the of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but one thing, and that is I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth unto the things which are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What am I doing? I'm endeavoring to go toward that that I might know him. That I might know him. Hallelujah. That's my heart. That's my desire. Hallelujah. You know, I like what Hosea 6, 3 says, and I'm going to read to you in the New Living. He said, oh, that I might know the Lord. Oh, let us press, or let me press on to know him. He will respond to me as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in the early spring. Don't you just know that when you desire God, he will respond. God's not withholding. God is wanting to show you. God is wanting to unload on you. God is wanting to bring life to you. God's desire, hallelujah, uh, is, is that he wants to reveal himself to you. Do you know what one of the biggest problems we have? We're wanting God to come out here. And where does God want to reveal himself first? In you. This is the treasure within us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, amen? The kingdom of God is within us, amen? Hallelujah. And sometimes, sometimes, hallelujah, we got to grab a hold of this and and we got to say, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, you know, to overcome this attack, I've got to, you know, Boom, bring God's treasure out out from underneath me. Hallelujah. And boom, bring that treasure from out of me and let it come out of me. Sometimes you've got to rise up and say, wait a minute. No, I'm a child of God. You've got to rise up and say, no. Hallelujah. God's word says this. No, I'm going to take hold of the truth of the word of God and the power of his treasure in me. I'm going to let God be God. Amen. Because it's what works within me. It's the power of God within me. Notice Paul said, I haven't obtained, but guess what? Praise God, I'm pressing. I'm going to keep pressing. Paul kept pressing his whole life. Amen? He was looking. He was looking for Jesus. He just kept going. But he says, I'm pressing toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Taking hold. What does all this have to do? Let's kind of sum this thing up and bring this thing back into some things here. And uh, what God's desire is, is it, we need one another, number one. What is the importance of a true friend? What is the, 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 to be a true friend to God and also for us to have true friends on our lives? Four things really quickly. 
could preach on these for hours, but four things you need to understand. The way that God said, I'm your friend. Hallelujah. We're going to get there. Hallelujah. But glory to God. God said this. Number one, God was willing to sacrifice his best for you. He sent his son. God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. God loved. He gave. He did. Hallelujah. He did that. God chose you and I. He chose us. He had a plan. He had a purpose. He was willing. He, he voluntary willingness to sacrifice. That go out of your way that it was a sacrifice. Somebody that did something, showed you something that was so beyond what you really thought anybody would ever do. I don't know if you've ever had a friend to do that, but I've had friends do that for me. That are very special. That they went out of the, at a time in my life when I needed it the most, and they, they were there. And they were there to be, and they sacrificed to get there. Hallelujah. Number two, and this one is, is a big one, that a friend will go on the defensive for you. They'll always defend you in front of others. Hallelujah, no matter what. You say, yeah, well, what if they're wrong? Well, then you feel go to that person and talk to them and you deal with it. But the key is you're still the friend. He might have did what you said he did, but he is not who you say he is. All of us have messed up and all of us have needed uh, redemption. Amen? And see, the hardest thing is, is that, because the Bible says a brother offended is, is harder to be one than a walled city. We know that. Hallelujah. But the key is, if you want to be a friend, then you've got to be really ready to, to say, no, we're not going to talk bad. We're not going to do this. Hallelujah. Third thing is, is that true friends allow you to be you. They allow you to be yourself. You don't have to worry about it. You can be as ugly and stupid, and they'll tell you you're ugly and stupid. <laughs> and uh, straighten up. Hallelujah. You know. Isn't it amazing? Believe it or not, God, God allows you to be you. God won't make you do his will. He won't. He, he says, you got to present your bodies. You got to do this. You got to allow this. You got to do this. God's not going to do that. Hallelujah. He won't. Amen. He won't do that. He'll let you be yourself. He'll, you know, uh, I said, so Lord, why'd you let me be so stupid and do that? And he said, well, because you wanted to. I said, I know, but I was hoping you'd hit me before I did that and figured out. Remember, I said, other friends, they'll try to stop you from making crazy. And, and the Lord's so sweet. He'll say, well, I told you this, told you not to do it. You didn't have a peace in your heart. You didn't do it, and you still did it. I said, yes, sir, you did try to stop me. <laughs> See, if you be honest with the Lord, he'll always help you. Number four is that the Lord is always a constant source of encouragement. And how many of you know we need to be a constant source of encouragement one to another? Amen. And like I said, there are some friends that you thought were friends that weren't friends, and so it's good that they're not friends. Did you understand that? That means that God separated you from it. God just let them go off by the wayside. Hallelujah. And see, here's the thing. In order for us to be what God wants us to be here in the earth, we've got to get our friendship and our relationship and our fellowship with God right. We've got to remember, it's not what we can do for him. It's what we can allow him to do in us and through us to others. Then we will do a lot of things that are there. Amen? Amen. Last scripture, we're closing on this. And then 
We're going to just the Karahazam thing here. We just do caking him. In um, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, this is out of the Message Bible. I like it. It's just pretty cool. Because in the King James, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Amen? You know, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, I'm going to bring the Out of the Message Bible, it says this. Are you tired? Are you just flat worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. We need to recover our life. We need to stop being tired. Like I said, we're all overloaded. There's all kinds of things and we need to find out what is God and what isn't. But listen, God wants to work in you and through you. And he says this, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. God's desire is that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let me give you a little stronger word. This will help you if you've got somebody coming against you. This is out of the New Living for Isaiah 41.10 and verses 10 through 13. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Oh, don't you want to see all of those folks confused and humiliated, Okay. Now, here's, here's the kids, it gets worse. Look what he says he'll do too. Anyone who opposes you will die <laughs> and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attacked you will come to nothing. For I will hold you in my right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Bow your heads right now. Bow your heads right now. Bow your heads right now. Just stay in an attitude of worship right now. Go ahead, Miss Carol. That's okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Uh You need to understand my plan 
and my purpose from the very beginning when I created man. My heart and my desire was to fellowship as I did, to come down in the cool of the evening and fellowship and talk and to communicate. Not just in a plan of relationship, but in a heart of fellowship. My heart goes out and oh, I cry to have the fellowship that I want to with each and every one of my children. Oh, I've made a plan, I've made a way through my son, through my sacrifice. Oh, and I have given you an an opportunity and an avenue to come up boldly into my throne room of grace so that you can obtain help, that you can find grace and mercy in time of need. Oh, you think that, oh, you want this or you want that, and you think, well, how come nobody cares? But I care, says the Lord. I care. And when you begin to to lift your voice and when you begin to lift your eyes and you begin to raise up and say, Lord, I want you. And I want what you can do not only in me and through me, Father, hallelujah, but what you can use me to be that blessing and that vessel that can touch the lives of all those around. And oh, I've cried out, hallelujah, and I've cried out to you and I've reached forth to you and I've said so many things and so many times but I'll continue to do that because my heart and I know that you need to be in my presence. You need to rise up so you see the emotion or you see the tears that are there, but those tears are going to be changed to joy. Those tears, how do they, are going to begin to be those tears of joy and joy from the Lord. Why is that? Because you're going to find out the joy of fellowship. You're going to find out the power that it is when you lift your voice and you begin to just acknowledge me. That when you take my word and you begin to apply it and when you begin to speak out of the treasures that are on the inside of you, then the things in which you've been desiring, the things that when you've been wanting, the things that need to take place in the earth have to take place because you said it. Because it rises up out of you. And so that treasure that is within you needs to come forth mightily mightily and powerfully hallelujah oh because I will confirm my word I will show myself mighty on your behalf just as was spoken by the word that you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be afraid and if you are tired and you are worn out it's because you have overloaded yourself but Come to me, and I'll take those burdens off. Come to me, and I'll remove those, and you can take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my yoke is light. Come to me, and you'll have your joy restored. You'll have peace that needs, that passes all understanding, that will guard your hearts and mind. Come to me. You say, I don't have time. I don't have time. Oh, but you have the time. You do have the time because if you seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, says the Lord, all of the things which you think you don't have time or things that you're using your time on, all those things will be added unto you. And it'll be easy. It'll be easy. It'll be easy. But look to me. Make the decision. Make the decision that you're going to serve. Make the decision that you're going to take the time to fellowship with me, says the Lord. And you'll see, you'll see, oh, you'll see that together, 
together. The future is bright. The future is bright. Oh, what I want to do in you and through you. What I want to do in you and through you is far beyond what you could even ask or think. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you and love you and praise you and thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for just admonishing us and letting us just just reiterating what you want to get across to us because of the power that works within us. Because each and every one that's here, Father, you've got a plan. You've got a purpose. You've got a destiny for them. Yes, hallelujah, it's not a destination. It's a journey. It's a journey. Our destination is when, hallelujah, even when we get to heaven, that's not the final destination. Even when we come back to earth and live with you for a thousand years, that's not the final destination. It's when you create a new heaven and a new earth and then we begin to worship you forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a destination, but it's a journey. So we've got a journey at least for another thousand years for that journey. Hallelujah. You know, after you come, we know that you're going to come and we're doing what you called us to do now. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know you're crying out for us because there's so much you want to accomplish in our lives. And so, Lord, we are like Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple. And he heard a conversation from heaven. And, the, and, and those in heaven said, who will go for us? Who will go and tell this generation? Oh, who will go and tell what, what, what God is doing and what he has done? And Isaiah, he said, I'll go. I'll go. And Father, thank you that the angel took a coal off of the altar and he cleansed his lips. Father, thank you that you allowed the Holy Spirit to cleanse our lips. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these that are here. But most of all, Father, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they've come here today or they're watching and they need Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Or, Father, they are worn out. They're tired. They're burned out. And they've fallen away from God. They need to come home. Come on home. Come on back. Let God restore you. Come back and, hey, hallelujah. Because God just loves you so much. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Lord, my heart is, is that if there is anyone here that they'd be born again, they would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so if you are here and you don't know Jesus and you want to be born again this morning, you want to know the love of God, you want to have your joy and your peace restored, just raise your hand real high. Let's pray. Let's say, God, that's how you pray. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's how you get saved. That's what God says. Seems so easy, but you know what? When you mean it and you believe it, supernatural things happen. God wants to work in you and he wants to work through you. And he wants you to be the friend that he's called you to be to him and to those he's given you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for these amazing folks that are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we just honor you for it. We love you for it now. And I just thank you, Father. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's good. Amen. You know what? I love you. God, let's all stand up. We're going to have our prayer team come forward. So if you guys need any prayer for prayer for anything, they'll be up here to pray with you about stuff. Hey, I love you. Be blessed. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Amen.